Hello and welcome to the Personal Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Parnas, and here we talk about all things related to mindset, motivation, and inspiration to help you feel empowered and find happiness from within. Welcome back to the Personal Empowerment Podcast. We have a lovely guest in today's episode. She is a certified love and relationship coach who is on a mission to help women fall in love with themselves so they can effortlessly attract a blissful relationship. Navi, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. So Navi, I initially met you at a coaching panel event where you had spoken about your journey as a coach, as well as your own personal story with regards to overcoming heartbreak and cultivating real self-love. So if you don't mind, could you please share with the listeners about your coaching and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So basically, I um, was someone that had always had people come to me with their their love and relationship issues and I was really great at helping them someone that um, my whole life that everyone in my life had come to and asked me for advice and yet my entire life my entire love life was in um, was in shambles and um, you know I had to take a good look at myself because I mean, I I knew that I was good at relationships in one degree because I had really great friendships and I had really great professional relationships and the common denominator in my romantic relationships was me. And, you know, in any situation, you're the only person that you can change. And that caused me to just take a look, a good look at myself and, you know, um, what I could do. And I'd been down the therapy road um, at different points in my life. And I, I found it helpful, but only to a point because I found in, with a lot of therapy, there was, you feel this way and it's okay to feel this way. And there's a time in your life where you need that. But there was the time when I was like, okay, I feel this way but I don't want to feel this way. And what do I do? How do I step beyond this? How do I change this? And I'm ready for that. I'm ready to take responsibility for that. And that wasn't happening through therapy. And so I sought out coaching for myself and really transformed my own life and really got down to the core issues of why I was struggling with my love life and Um, why I was able to help other people, but not able to help myself. And that stemmed from not loving myself, not having um, self-confidence, not believing that I was worthy of love. So I could look at my friends that were struggling and I could point out the things that they were doing because I could see their value. I knew their value. I knew how amazing they were. I didn't believe that about myself. And I had to go about rewiring myself to change my own life, um, to get into a place where I was attracting healthy relationships. And also, I mean, the bottom line is, is to just feel really good about myself, right? Because, I mean, when you're seeking a relationship, when you're seeking love, it's because you believe that there's, that that's going to add to your happiness, that that's going to bring something to your life. And it's another way for you to feel good about yourself. And, The truth is you actually have to feel that way to attract that. But the bottom line is before you have that, 
um, you have to feel good. And that's, that's the goal anyways, to feel good about yourself, to feel confident, to feel worthy. And yeah, so that was my journey. And then, um, after that, I was in, um, a group coaching program and I realized that a lot of the women in that program were coming to me and asking me for advice and that this was just something that I was meant to do. It's something that I'd been doing my whole life and I just felt called to step into this and I got certified as a coach and, um, been on this journey ever since. (laughs) That's amazing. So you talked about how you went through your own period of time where you experienced heartbreak and you had your own challenges, which were what pushed you into seeking out therapy, into seeking out coaching and leveling up. So if you don't mind sharing, um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about the types of challenges that you were experiencing in your love life? So what those were and when did you really feel like you had that moment where it was time to make a change? Um, so I had a lot of relationships where I felt like, okay, now I'm meeting a new person <laughs> and a few months, you know, or a few years sometimes <laughs> into the relationship, I would realize that I was in a relationship with the same person. I was in the same relationship. Um, uh, on repeat, right? Just, just a different outside package. And, um, you know, they were relationships where my inside was screaming, Hey, this isn't what it's supposed to feel like. This isn't what love is supposed to feel like. This isn't, um, the, the sense of peace or this, you know, this, this it's just not supposed to be like this, right? Like my insides were screaming run. <laughs> um, and, and when I would eventually leave that relationship, you know, um, you know, I might take some, some time for myself and, you know, you know, think like, okay, like I'm in a really good spot and okay, now I've met somebody new and this is amazing. And it'd be the same thing over and over again. Um, and that was like the main cycle that I went through. And then I just, got to a point where I was like, okay, um, you know, like I'd had several relationships that were like that. And I was like, I'm done. I, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I would literally rather be alone (laughs) for the rest of my life than to be in this pattern. Because at least if I'm alone, like my insides aren't screaming, Hey, this isn't what it's supposed to feel like. And, um, I'm honoring myself better. And, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to change this. And so I just reached my pain threshold of like what I could, what I could handle because it was like a relationship that it ended and it had been so bad that I couldn't even cry because I'd cried all the tears throughout the relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. And they say, you know, we tend to attract people who are a mirror of ourselves. Right. So you know, if we're not in a place where we're ready to enter in into the right relationship, we might be attracting the wrong people because that's the universe's way of being like, okay, it's time to change. It's time to look within and see what needs to be fixed and what what can be improved. So it's interesting that, you know, you had that recurring pattern and you reached a point where, where you were like, okay, this is it. Like I'm done. <laughs> And I know that you talked about um, self-love and they always say that, you know, 
you can only attract the right person to you when you've already cultivated a love for yourself. You can't pour from an empty glass. And I think that you really expressed that too when you were talking about your own story. So do you mind sharing with our listeners about what self-love really means to you? So self-love for me means accepting yourself fully, like every part of yourself, right? Not just, okay, um, on a superficial level or, you know, I like these things about myself and I don't like these things about myself because you can't love yourself until you love all parts of yourself, right? So it can't be like, okay, you know, I, I love okay, when you start on a superficial level about your body, I like these things about my body, but I wish these things were different. It's loving all of those parts of yourself, accepting all of those parts of yourself because they're all parts of you, right? So loving the light places of you, loving the dark places about you, right? So, okay, yeah, um, and most people, um, they have certain things that they know about themselves or that they believe to be, um, true about themselves that are good, right? Like, okay, um, I could acknowledge that I'm a really intelligent person, or I could acknowledge that I'm funny, or that I could acknowledge that I'm generous. But, um, you know, I think that, that I have these flaws in my body, or I, you know, I'm not pretty enough, or, you know, if I'm smart, then maybe I'm not funny, or maybe I'm not outgoing enough. And it's just all of these different parts of ourselves. And the thing is, your light parts, your good parts, and your dark parts, everyone has both sides. And loving yourself means accepting yourself, accepting like the bright parts of yourself and accepting your shadow side. So maybe you're someone who does lose your temper sometimes, right? And, you know, you have that a little bit of that crazy side in you and uh, you need to accept that. And the interesting thing about accepting that is that's also when that part of you starts to calm down, right? Like you can't get over those parts of yourself that you don't like. It's just like, you know, if you don't have the body that you that you love, you can't get the body that you love by hating the body that you're in, right? So it's just, but the same thing goes about our personalities, just every aspect of ourselves. So self-love to me is really just self-acceptance. I love that. I really like how you also talked about how self-love is not just about liking, you know, the light things about ourselves or like, I guess the positives, but also accepting ourselves wholeheartedly for our flaws, for our little weird quirks or for all our little tempered tantrums or whatever it is that we might consider to be um, our flaws. And how do you think someone can really go about cultivating self-love if they're insecure and they struggle with their confidence? Well, I think sometimes um, it really helps to look around at the people in your life and look around at the reasons why you love them. And when you start looking at other people, you're going to see that you don't love them because they're perfect. That, you know, um, when you look at your best friend, you're not concerned about the fact that her thighs are touching. (laughs) This is not something that ever goes (laughs) through your mind, right? Like you're, you're thinking about other things when it comes to other people. Um, you're thinking about the good things in them. And we tend to be our own harshest critics. So sometimes it's just the easiest, like the first step is just look around at how you're looking at other people. 
and the things that you're thinking about other people. And are you dissecting other people? Are you criticizing other people? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're at a point where you can't appreciate other people, right. Then that's, that's a deeper, like that's a deeper level of self hatred. Um, but most people that are, that if they're listening to their podcast, I bet they're on a self development journey. They're not in this place where they're thinking that about other people in their lives. They have people that they love and they appreciate them for the good and the bad parts about them. And then start becoming your own best friend and start looking at yourself that way, right? And at uh, and just like a great affirmation because sometimes it feels our system can reject things, right? Like if, you know, if you don't feel beautiful and you stand in front of the mirror and you say, I'm beautiful, you just have so much resistance to it that you won't even do it. Mm -hmm. That it can help to just have escalating statements that you say to yourself. So you could start to say something like, I want to feel beautiful because you won't have that resistance to it and you won't have your you won't be rejecting it in the same way right because that's that's a truth for you right if you're on a self-development journey if you're on a self-growth journey you do want to feel good about yourself Mm -hmm. wow that that's so true if we think about our own friends um we don't actually look or focus in on their flaws we love them just for who they are as a whole for all their you know unique traits and just everything about them right but we can be so critical when it comes to ourselves. Um, I remember when I was younger, especially like if I got like a pimple on my face, I was like, okay, it's game over. Like if I go out, people are going to look at me and think I'm ugly. Like (laughs) it it really takes um, a lot of inner work to really cultivate that real self-love, I think. And I like how you mentioned um, affirmations because affirmations can be a really powerful tool to help you build that self-love. So were there any affirmations that you personally use that really worked for you when when you were doing the inner work and trying to build that real self-love? So I still use affirmations. um, You know, the the journey of self love is never done. Right. And it's all about habits that you cultivate for yourself. Right. So they're always going to be personal. So whatever thing is feeling the most sensitive to you, that's what you need to create an affirmation for. Mm -hmm. And over time, that's going to change. And I really recommend having about five affirmations and put sticky notes like on your mirror, all over your house, (laughs) remind yourself. And like I said, they can be, um, they can be escalating because like if you are saying something and it feels so untrue to you, you're just going to feel so horrible when you're saying it, that you just won't do it. You won't do the affirmations. Right. And it's, it's repetition. So you can start along the lines of saying something like, I want, I want to feel this way. I'm starting to feel this way. And then get to, you know, I, I do feel this way about myself or I am this. Right. Right. And when do you think you really realize that, okay, I'm feeling confident now and I do love myself? What did that feel like? And what type of thoughts did you have? I'm just wondering how you really realized that you had finally stepped into that place of like, okay, this is real self-love. I think it's um, that there's like a turnaround, right? Because um, we, ha- we all have this voice in our head, right? all the time, right? And anyone that's spiritual will notice that voice in our <laughs> going on all the time, right? You're, you're sitting in traffic, whatever you're doing, you're watching TV and this 
voice in your head is going off and it's like yammering things away. Um, and when you're in a place where you don't love yourself, the things that it's yammering away are very unkind things, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might be watching your favorite TV show and that voice in your head is comparing you to, um, the actress in that TV show and, um, you know, how you're not, um, beautiful enough, how you're not good enough in comparison to her. And, um, you know, these are the things that are going on every day in your day-to-day -day life, um, all the time. And I realized at a certain point, just being observant of that voice that it turned. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. And so it was noticing positive things, like noticing positive things about other people and then noticing positive things about myself. Right. So it's just that, you know, if I was feeling nervous before doing something and me putting myself out there in any way. So even doing this podcast, if I get up on a stage and talk and, you know, these are things I do all the time by nature, I'm a shy person. So this is like, out, it's out of my element. And there was a time when that voice in my head was like, oh, no one wants to listen to you. You're not good enough. And there was um, a time when it turned and said, you got this. You totally got this. Wow. I, I love that. And you do not strike me as a shy person. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just wanted to uh, mention that. And absolutely, I think we all have like this inner critic within us that is just so, so critical of ourselves that really just points out the negative. And I like how you mentioned that you realize that you're having a turning point when the inner critic starts to silence itself. And I think one of the times where we might really be hearing that inner critic is when we feel rejected when, you know, we develop feelings for someone um, that we might have an intimate relationship with, but then for whatever reason, they might stop texting us. They might stop wanting to see us or they might go and pursue someone else. And rejection hurts. I don't think anyone will ever say that, you know, rejection feels good. Um, but in times like that, the inner critic could come out and we might be blaming ourselves in times like that. Like, oh, maybe if I looked a certain way, this person might have accepted me or maybe if I didn't say that thing I said that other day this person would still be talking to me so we might have that inner critic really pop out and in times of rejection so how do you think someone could silence that inner critic when they are rejected and when they're overcoming that type of heartbreak so I think the biggest thing is to learn and just have the awareness that when you're feeling that way, like, everyone's going to feel sad, right? So it's okay to feel sad because you cared about someone and they didn't care about you, right? Sadness is different than feeling unworthy. But that feeling of unworthiness comes because you've given your power away to the other person. It's because you're looking for your worthiness and your validation from another person, right? right? That's different than sadness, right? Sadness can just be this like, actual like beautiful thing like how much how much art comes out of sadness right a lot of things right. like handle it into so much creativity and it can just be this beautiful thing that you experience it's on the whole like realm of like emotion like you have your positive you have um you know your unpleasant emotion but it's not this horrible thing the horrible like i can't get out of bed 
or I have to run after this person is, you know, the, the need to run after them, right? Or the inability to get out of bed is because you've given your power away to them. It's because you've given your worth away to them, right? And you actually can't have a healthy relationship with that person or with any person if you're depending on them for your worth because it's called self-worth for a reason because it has to come from within you, right? And just the there has to be a separation and that the first step is just the awareness there has but there just has to be the separation of this is my feelings this is this is my love this is my affection this is my desire for this person and then this is my worth so on one side i have my um my feelings for this person on the other side i have my worth and they're separate right right i love that i like how you mentioned that in times like that where we do hear that inner critic it's because we're giving our power away to that person and I think you know when it comes to dating and really meeting the right person at least what I always tell my friends is you know it's a trial and error process it might take a lot of dates until you find that person that is meant for you you know it's a you might go out with some people you might break their hearts they might break your heart it's just a process, but you really learn and you grow throughout that whole journey. And I guess one of the things that many people might struggle with is, okay, so I understand that this is a process, but how can I detach myself from the outcome of a date? How can I detach myself from, you know, this vision that I have created in my mind of being with this person while I'm still figuring it out and they're still figuring it out? So the key to this is to trust that your success is inevitable, right? Not with this particular person, but it's inevitable. And this is where your sense of peace is gonna come from. And this, the anxiety, the urgency, this I need this to happen right now or have to make it happen with this person comes because you don't believe that success is inevitable for you. You don't believe that love is possible for you, which again stems back to that you don't believe that you're worth it because like, <laughs> there, you know, there's a, a flaw that you believe exists in yourself that you were the only one person that was born on this planet to not experience love, right? Which doesn't logically make any sense, right? That other people were born to have love and you weren't. You were born to have some sort of like horrible life of loneliness and punishment, right? And that that you know, when, when you can break it down to that to that level, sometimes the, the key thing to like get to the bottom of it is just keep asking yourself why 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 right and then the bottom why is always going to be like oh there's something inherently wrong with me like i'm not worthy that's why other people can have love that's why i can't right and then when you realize that that doesn't make sense how were you born how did you come on this planet right the fact that like you know you exist and when you think of like everything that it takes for um you know the the universe and like for, for to be created for every element for everything to be created for you to be born is such a miracle so you were not born to, um you were not you did not come into creation as this amazing miracle because you were meant to suffer and you were meant to have agony and you were meant to not experience love right and just to tap into that for yourself and that can help you to sort of center yourself to believe, okay, yeah, I, I am meant for love, but my journey is not going to be the same as this person's journey or that person's journey. My journey is meant to be my own journey. And then I can relax around the process with this particular person. That's so true. I really liked how, how you honestly um, 
explained everything. And everyone's journey really does look different. And absolutely, I think that we are all on this planet for a reason. And everyone is worthy and deserving of love. No one is more deserving of love than anyone else. And I think sometimes, you know, when someone does go through heartbreak, maybe not necessarily like rejection, but maybe they were in a loving relationship and they were cheated on or they were just hurt really badly. And they think to themselves, I can't ever get over this. I'm never going to come out of this the same. Um, And they might grow bitter and they might struggle with trusting someone else again because, you know, someone might think, okay, all guys are just players or a guy might think, okay, all all women are players. Um, So how do you think someone can go about cultivating that trust in someone else again after experiencing heartbreak? Well, the trust that you need to cultivate and the person that you're really frustrated with is yourself. It's not the other person, right? Right. And the, per- the trust that you need to cultivate is in yourself that you can handle whatever is coming your way, right? Yeah, Building yeah. up strength that, you know, because um, you can't ever guarantee you can be in a relationship that seems amazing, you know, and 25 years down the road, this person, you know, um, runs off with someone else, right? right that happens right. That happens all the time. And then there's people that also like grow old together, you know, mm. um, you know, that pass away together. I mean, you know, with everything that's going on right now, which is like really sad, there's also stories of couples passing away within minutes of each other, you know, this, that that's the type of love that they have, which is incredible. So, you know, you just don't know, you don't know what's, what's in store. So the trust that you have to cultivate is within yourself. It's not within the other person. And when you actually understand that, that's really reassuring when you're in that position because it's not the other person that you need to rely on. It's yourself. And how you start is just to remember two things. One is if you adapt this mindset that, okay, um, you know, all men, all women are, <laughs> are players, are cheaters, are going to screw me over. You're going to attract that mm-hmm. into your life, right? Because like everything is mirroring back to you, right? When I was not confident in myself and I was not confident in my body, I would always attract men that were critical of my body. When I finally started to love my body, I attracted only men that also left my body right so if you have this mindset if you if you decide to like adopt this mindset okay um all men all women are players or cheaters you're going to start to see that a lot in your uh in your life and you know that belief is going to be reinforced and it's just because actually the way that our brain operates is that it wants to be right. So if you wake up every morning, I mean, just setting a powerful intention for your day, like today's going to be an amazing day. You know, Mm -hmm. you could be in the middle of like a hailstorm, get stuck in traffic for three hours and you're going to find like the good things. You know, maybe when you're stuck in traffic, you're going to be listening to the best ebook or the best podcast that's going to enrich your life. Right. You're just going to, you're going to find the good things where when you, if you wake up and it could be the most beautiful sunny day, you zoom through traffic and, um, you know, you're going to look for all the bad things. You're just going to, you know, maybe you, um, 
uh, see like two people arguing on the street and you're like, oh, see, this is just a sign. You know, you're not even a part of that, but that's where you're, you know, where your eyes are going. That's what you're noticing. So that's like a really big thing to remember that, you know, what you're looking for, you're going to find it because your brain wants to be right. So you don't want to adopt that mindset. You want to remember that that person, that relationship, that that's who they are. That's what that relationship was. That's not what every relationship is. And then the second thing is that you just want to pace yourself, right? Because Mm. sometimes we get really excited when we meet somebody and it's okay to be excited, but we just have to remember that you can't expedite the process of getting to know somebody. You know, if you've met somebody, you know, five times, if you've been together for three months, you don't know them. Right. You just know a part of them and that's okay. And you can be excited and you can be hopeful, but you just want to keep that in the back of your mind to be like, I only know part of this person. I don't really know this person. You know, I'm not head over heels in love with this person because I, in order for that to happen, I need to know all of the things about them. So um, I can be excited and I can be hopeful and I can pace it and I can take a breath and I can just allow the time that I need to get to know this person properly. Absolutely. I think mindset is so, so key when it comes to cultivating self-love and being able to attract the right partner to you. I remember when I was younger, I would always say, oh, guys are so immature. (laughs) Like guys in their late teens and like early 20s, like, oh, they never know what they want. I would always tell my friends that and that is exactly what I used to attract me. (laughs) So that is so, so true. And I think being prepared for anything and being able to trust yourself first is absolutely key. But I think, you know, no matter how much we might prepare ourselves, having that thought in the back of our heads that, oh, this person might leave me one day or this might end one day, this relationship that you have with someone that you love so much. So that can cause us to possibly experience relationship anxiety where we're constantly in this fearful state. Like you could be in a healthy, loving relationship, but still have the sense of fear that's eating you alive. So how do you think someone could find balance with, I guess, being able to bear in mind that I don't know what tomorrow holds, but also being able to still trust that person enough to have a healthy, loving relationship with them and not worry about the future so much. So to stay centered in the moment, right? And this just like is also, um, if you're a woman, you know, stay centered in your femininity because that's being centered in the moment. That's being present in the moment because you're missing the moment. You're missing the joy in the moment if you're really worried about the future and you're not even present and you not being present in the moment is can what can be the thing that leads to this person leaving you mm-hmm. right because you're not there because you know right. they're there wanting to connect with you right there you know and they're wanting to love on you and you can't be present in the moment that they're wanting to love on you they're want you know they're wanting to have that connection and you're somewhere else because you're focused on the future so you know becoming centered in the moment And the other thing is, this is something that Brene Brown talks about when she talks about people who live wholeheartedly and how they're able to live wholeheartedly is that it doesn't mean that, you know, that they don't 
like look at the situation they're in and think, what if this went away? Because they have moments of that. But instead of running off with that moment, they bring themselves back to gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. You know, thank goodness I'm in this place where this person is in front of me and they're loving on me and they're wanting to connect with me. How amazing Mm -hmm. is that, right? And that gratitude is something that can bring you back to the moment when you start to, um, you know, run away from it. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Gratitude is just so powerful and so many different ways. I think, you know, as soon as you talk about anything related to personal development, gratitude somehow ties into that. And I think I could, I could see where you're coming from when you say that, you know, being present is key and just enjoying the moment um, is what can really help you cultivate happiness and relax because when we're living in the future, the future is basically an illusion, right? So we're not there yet. Um, that hasn't happened happened yet. Or if we're caught up in like a heartbreak that happened to us in the past, the past is also an illusion because it's past. So being present is absolutely key. And if someone has, I guess, an avoidant type of personality, because they say that, you know, depending on the type of upbringing that you have, you can have a different attachment style. So you can be avoidant where, you know, you struggle, you struggle trusting your your partner and opening up to them. You can be secure or you could be anxious attachment where, like I said, you're constantly fearful of your partner possibly leaving you and that causes you to develop a lot of anxiety. So if someone's avoidant and, you know, they struggle opening up to their partner, how do you think someone can do the inner work that they need to do in order to be able to open up and really express who they are to someone that they love? So, I mean, a lot of that comes back to, you know, we're not prisoners of our past, so we can reparent ourselves, right? Like attachment style forms really early. Like, you know, the research is showing that by one year of age that your attachment style is already formed. And wow. Get- micro traumas really um that like so they there's research um that's done on kids that were dropped off at daycare um, by their primary caregiver and their response was indicative of you know their attachment style already um and uh and it can be micro traumas that cause us you can you know and sometimes people are afraid to like delve into this because you could come from a loving family you could have loving parents and you could still have micro traumas right because you know your attachment style could be messed up because you know um maybe your mom was like really busy working and you didn't get the attention that you needed when you wanted it and you know um and you felt uh you know that created some insecurity within you because of that right so they're really these things that it, it's not about like reparenting yourself or, or acknowledging that you have that isn't about blame because sometimes you know people that actually have a lot of trauma in their past it's easier for them to acknowledge that because they don't feel like they're being disrespectful to somebody in their lives by acknowledging that but it, you know it's it's just about acknowledging that, you know, your family, your parents, they did the best that they could, but, you know, right. it doesn't, that you can't take the time and, and delve into that. And it's not about disrespecting them or, or not caring for them. It's just, um, you know, acknowledging your experience, right? And the first step to, to that is actually become aware, right? Self-awareness, right? And um, about what your attachment style is, right? Which can just be, okay, how do I handle different situations? Like journaling can be a really great first step. Mm-hmm. So you can become, okay, I'm, I'm really insecure. I, I, 
I cling to people. Okay, great. Now you're aware of it because the first step to changing it is just awareness and bringing our attention to it that you're, that you're doing this can start just be the thing that starts that shift for you. And then you can do reparenting work, right? Because when we're having these like little inner tantrums, right? Which is what they are. Um, it's, it's your inner child that's crying out that wants attention. And, and this is something that you can definitely work on. You can definitely do this reparenting work on yourself and that can help soothe the inner child so that it doesn't act out anymore. Right, right. I love how you talked about reparenting because a lot of times many people might think that they're a victim of, you know, the type of parenting that they had growing up because, you know, our environment, parenting, conditioning, there's so many factors that really shape us into becoming the people that we are. And they say, like you said, you're, the parenting that you have when you're young really, really shapes you into having a certain type of attachment style. So when it comes to reparenting, um, how long do you think it takes when it comes to reframing our mindset and being able to, I guess, overcome all those traumas that we might have experienced as a child and being able to shape ourselves into someone totally different? It's really personal because it depends right. on the amount of inner resistance that you have to it, right? So let's just say somebody who's been on a self-work um, like journey for like quite some time, right? Um, they might be ready, like they might be really ready. And within a few months, they could have like a complete transformation because, you know, any suggestions that they put into their brain, their brain is really uh, receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now somebody who's, you know, 60 years old, who hasn't done any self-work um, might have a lot more resistance to it, right? And it could take a lot longer because, you know, they're putting in some suggestions and they're just having a strong rejection to it. So they have to, you know, like I said, do escalating ones, which is, which is good, which opens up their receptivity to it. But it's still, you know, it's going to take time to get to a point where they can't just say it and believe it. Right, right. And with your own clients, do you ever notice like a common trend of the types of, I guess, relationship problems that people might be facing? Um, what do you think the most common issue is or the challenges that people might be having nowadays? Um, I don't know if there's like one, <laughs> you know, one problem, but I mean, I think it's like um, that, that people are facing, but I do think that, you know, uh, like, because they really stem from like diff- different issues, like different backgrounds, like, you know, that, that people have. But I mean, I guess like one trend that I've noticed is because we live in this instant gratification, like society, people just think things are going to happen a lot faster, right? Like you watch right. a weight show, you know, it might've been filmed over two years. It shows like, you know, how the person <laughs> lost 150 pounds in one episode. Right. And you're like, mm. okay, this is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Everything's mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Like in the drop of a hat. Right. And you know, you just see all of these things happening super fast. Um, so, you know, there's this, okay, like this needs to happen super fast. And if it's not happening super fast, then there's something wrong with me. Um, uh, or, you know, things aren't working out for me. Um, and then there's also this, I guess, being overwhelmed with choice, 
you know, Mm -hmm. that can be a problem for like a lot of people where they can't be present because they're just so thinking about, okay, but you know, what about my next day? What about my next day? What about this person? What about that person where they can't just be where they are, right? They can't be present where they are because they're overwhelmed by choice. But I actually think that this is another thing that, um, you know, uh, COVID-19 is going to change for people because Mm -hmm. until there's a vaccine, um, there is going to be like, you know, even when they open things up again, there's going to be a risk of transmission and that's going to make people think about the people that they're having personal contact with, which is going to make things more special. Right, right. It's interesting how you point out that nowadays we're all constantly looking out for instant gratification and not just in relationships, but like you said, it's like we might watch like a weight loss show and we'll and we'll start a diet and be like, okay, I need to lose like 10 pounds by tomorrow. Or we'll just start a diet and like look in the mirror and be like, okay, do I look any different? So it's kind of like that with relationships too, right? Because if you watch like a movie or I don't know, like The Bachelor or something like that, like things just happen so fast and then we might expect that in our own lives. We might go out with someone once and think, okay, like hopefully by the second date, like, you know, we'll get things really moving and we'll get, you know, the real love going. But patience is so key. And I think that being patient in all the facets of your life, like you said, um, in the case of COVID-19, it's it's so, so important. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So I guess one of the last few questions that I have is, so if someone is... Um, going through a really hard time right now. So let's just say they're going through a heartbreak or um, they just went through one. What, I guess, words of wisdom would you have to share with them so they can take the necessary action steps to overcome the challenges that they're personally going through? Don't be afraid of your sadness. Don't be afraid of that, right? It's actually the fear of that that's making making you urgent as well, right? And wanting to be like, okay, like, I I just can't feel this way, right? And that's gonna, you know, make it hard to have hard conversations in relationships. Because even if you're in the best relationship, you're gonna have to have hard conversations. And if you're just in this place where you're like, okay, like, I can't, I, I can't feel anything, you're just, I'm avoiding everything, that doesn't work. So don't be afraid of it. Like part of um, life is just embracing that sadness, being like, mm-hmm. okay with it. Right. And just being like, okay, it's here. And an important part of that is in not becoming overwhelmed is not creating a story around it. So mm-hmm. um, I remember, you know, there was a long period in my life where anything would happen that was like negative and, um, I wouldn't just cry, but I would fall apart and I would fall apart because I would make it mean things about my worth, right? I would create this Mm -hmm. whole story. So I couldn't just sit there and be like, I I miss this person or this thing just happened to me. Um, I'd be like, well, it happened because I'm not, I'm not good enough and I'm not enough. And I'm, you know, that would be the thing that would be playing over and over again in my brain. And that would be the thing that would just be making it really unbearable so that the pain actually couldn't pass through me. If you can embrace that, like if you, you can, you can cry and you can be like, I miss this person, you know, I'm sad. And if that's it, like if you can just stay in that place, like, and you're gonna, have this story going on in your mind and as soon as you have it come up 
the key is just to stop it. Just be like, okay, no, no, no. I, I can feel this pain and this is where I'm at. This is just the truth of where I'm at, but the story has no place. You just have to block it every single time until you block it enough and that becomes your natural way of being to block the story it's going to pass because everything passes, right? And the only constant thing in our life is change. And we only get scarred and like bogged down by things when is when we can't tolerate change because, you know, most people, like if you think of a moment where you're in absolute ecstasy, like something amazing has happened in your life, you're not thinking that that moment of ecstasy is going to be your whole life, right? You don't, like, most people don't get stuck in that, you know? You might, like, you're like, yeah, like, you know, like, this moment of absolute pure bliss is like, you know, I'm going to have happiness in my life, but this moment, this peak isn't going to stay, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people get caught up in, like, okay, this pit is going to be here forever, Mm -hmm. But it's not true, right? Because like nothing is going to be there forever. Change is the only constant. And the way that you move through it faster is just let yourself feel it. Because as you do, it's passing through you. Like emotions are just energy, um, like in motion. And they become debilitating when we don't allow that energy to move. Mm -hmm. Wow, beautiful. I loved how you talked about self-compassion and how we should work through those emotions as opposed to covering a wound with a band-aid and faking it till we make it, basically. Um, So that was beautiful. I think that's a very powerful thing. And I think that's definitely something um, that's important for, you know, anyone who's going through a hard time right now to be aware of. Um, So thank you for that. Is there anything else that you feel called to share with our listeners? Um, I guess like, you know, if you are going through a heartbreak right now, I mean, what I encourage is try to channel it into something, right? Because there's this like, okay, I'm going to, I mean, like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to like watch this show, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to like numb myself. And if there's moments that you have to do that, don't judge yourself for that, right? Mm -hmm. But that isn't helping it move through you. So find something that you can channel it into, right? You know, Mm -hmm. try journaling, try writing poetry, try dancing, whatever it is that you feel called to, do something to channel um, that grief, to channel that pain, and that can really help you to like let go of it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Navi, and I think that you shared a lot of valuable insight with regards to how someone can really cultivate real self-love and overcome any um, challenges in their intimate relationships that they might experience. So um, I'm really excited to put this out and to share this podcast with everyone. Um, So thank you so much again for coming on as my second guest on my podcast. So if listeners would like to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, so, uh, my, uh, website is, um, navibliscoaching.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at navibliss or, uh, on Facebook. Um, you can look me up, um, under navibliss or navibliscoaching. Um, and my email is navi at navibliscoaching.com. So, um, yeah, if you have any questions, um, please reach out to me. Um, uh, I'm always available to um, answer questions and, um, you know, my first session is always a complimentary session. So if you're struggling and um, 
I know this is a really hard time for a lot of people. Feel free to reach out. I would love to support you. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I wish you so much success. I know that's going to be uh, an amazing podcast. It's going to help a lot of people. My pleasure. Thank you so much for um, coming on again. And I will make sure to link both your website and your Instagram page in the description. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I know that there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and it means a lot that you have chosen to listen to mine. If you feel like you resonated with this episode, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram. My username is empoweredwithpar. That's empowered with P-A-R. I hope you have a wonderful day. And always remember that the key to happiness lies within you. Thank you.